G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, a sensitive issue to address today. Late last year, allegations of sexual misconduct were made against the late Ravi Zacharias. You may recall Ravi died in May last year, several months before allegations came to light. Well, because of the seriousness of the allegations, the international board of Ravi Zacharias International Ministries engaged an independent law firm to undertake an investigation. And while a final report is still yet to be released, an interim update indicated that some of the allegations were indeed found to be convincing and credible that he did engage in sexual misconduct over the course of many years. For a lot of followers of Ravi Zacharias, this has been a tremendous shock. So let's get some insights into developments from the ministry who've seen it as absolutely necessary to be transparent and to inform staff, donors and supporters. Max Jeganathan is the Asia-Pacific Regional Director of RZIM. Max is joining us. Max, welcome along to 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Max, the idea of shockwaves, because there was an awful lot of followers of Ravi Zacharias, give us an idea of the sort of fallout you've experienced from these allegations. Yeah, well, Happy New Year to you, uh, Neil, and to your listeners. It's um, it's sad uh, to be joining you under these circumstances, but your um, your use of the word shockwaves, I think, is uh, perfectly reasonable. It's it's been uh, completely devastating um, on so many levels, and uh, you know you correctly raise um, the devastation for people who uh, have followed Ravi or uh, for people who have benefited from his ministry and that. Um, you know, have grown in their faith and have perhaps even come to faith um, through Ravi's work. Um, but I think devastation, along with, of course, the devastation uh, of our team and, and even more so um, Ravi's family, I think all of that, in a biblical sense, um, must take a backseat to the uh, to the pain and the suffering of those who have been directly affected um, by whatever misconduct occurred um, and those people have been have been suffering uh, from this uh, for in some cases it seems from uh, what's been said uh, by the interim investigation report um, for years now uh, and so yes this has been uh, absolutely devastating um, for a lot of us right now um, but the, the first victims if you like and the, um, the most important victims I think in a biblical sense are, are those that were directly affected so I think our posture um, not just for, for those of us uh, who knew Ravi or for the ministry, um, but I think for all followers of Jesus, um, which has always been and must always be more important than following um, his messengers, um, for those of us who follow Jesus himself, uh, need to be thinking and praying for. Um, and in time, uh, as the interim board statement from, from our ministry said in December, uh, reaching out to, to those victims first. 
Let's talk about the victims in just a few moments, but back to the board for a moment here, because oftentimes when there are allegations that send shockwaves through a community of followers, people will say, what position will a board take? Will they whitewash the whole thing and try to make themselves look good? But certain humility here in the RZIM board in that they decided to have an independent investigation. In other words, They won't just make their own assessment. They'll invite a law firm, as it uh, was, to go and make that that investigation and and still waiting for the full report, Max. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I I think, and I I should say, you know, in the interest of transparency, that I I wasn't part of that initial decision-making, but uh, I think it's it's pretty obvious and and common sense, um, both in the context of integrity uh, and also in the context of uh, an ethical duty that, um, these allegations were so serious and significant that uh, they warranted um, further exploration and independent investigation, and that that investigation had to be genuinely impartial and independent, just because of the severity and the significance of the allegations, if if for no other reason. But I, I think, if from a, a biblical perspective, the the fact that the report was was done externally and it was commissioned externally um, was very very important and and look you you are right um, in what you imply the the initial findings that were um, made public in a very short interim report in December um, they they do show that you know the the investigation report however horrific um, these findings have already been and and they will be when um, potentially the final report does come out uh, the investigation has done its job. Um, which which is important. No doubt there'll be some listeners who'll want to research a little further and find out just what the allegations were, and we won't go into that detail today. But this idea of caring for people who have been hurt under these circumstances, the care for victims here, this has been a very, very high priority for the board. Yes, well, I think that public statement uh, that you refer to and that you drew on a little bit uh, in your introduction, Neil, is is important. You know, it, it's the the most recent official kind of public statement from uh, the RZIM International Board, uh, and it it does make a commitment that you know they are going to speak more comprehensively um, to all concerned once the investigation is complete. Um, but it does then make the point that you know as it should, you know, we are devastated for those uh, who have suffered from this misconduct. And I think that that necessarily has to include um, a number of things. Uh, I think that everyone is well aware of and as it's been prayed through and thought through, uh, it, you know, things like corporate confession, corporate repentance, uh, taking responsibility where it's due. And then um, to the degree that there has been evidence found, um, reaching out. Um, through restitution and through measures that actually actually take action, not just to kind of take a posture of saying sorry and moving on, but actually reaching out, you know, to these victims. Um, obviously, these are people um, who uh, have already suffered and continue, I'm sure, to to feel uh, the pain um, that comes from all of these things. And so, uh, I think, as the, as that statement correctly said, they want to honour the confidentiality and the anonymity of of people who have been affected to the degree that that's what's been requested. So I think that is important too. But certainly that that posture of being willing uh, to reach out um, and to, well, obviously things cannot be put right. Um, It never can on this side of heaven with something as horrific as this. Um, But at least to reach out um, and to explore 
avenues of restoration and restitution um, to the degree that that's possible. It's a sober reminder, isn't it, Max? And on biblical reflection, this idea that there is a higher level of accountability for Christian leaders, and when you have a global reputation, that accountability is is even more apparent. What are your thoughts here as we reflect, perhaps biblically, on this high expectation that we have of our Christian leaders? Yeah, this is a really important question going forward for, for all of us, I think, as a, as a body of Christ uh, and as representatives of the Lord's kingdom. And, you know, Scripture is very, very clear on this. It, it's not just the standards of integrity and responsibility we are all expected as to model as we seek to model Christ. But, you know, books like the book of James is, is very, very clear. I think it's James 3, um, where it says that, you know, people who have been called to and accept the call to teach the gospel, to actually proclaim the gospel um, as their central calling, uh, they will be judged to a high standard. Um, and so what that very clearly tells us is that um, accountability needs to be central. Certainly, as, a, as an evangelist and an apologist, uh, in my very, very short um, few years of doing that, uh, one of the questions that constantly and heartbreakingly comes up that confuses people or even stands as an obstacle for people who are exploring their faith, struggling with their faith, searching for God, uh, is Christian hypocrisy. And, you know, while we are not perfect, and in fact our imperfection and brokenness does actually point to the truth of the gospel in many, many ways, that's not for a second um, a license to, to abdicate our responsibility to, to do what we can to, to be accountable, to put systems of accountability, structures of accountability uh, in place, and to um, graciously but also very clearly um, call each other out when, when we fail those standards, uh, but importantly, continue to point to Christ as the model. Um, one of my colleagues and friends uh, very helpfully often says, um, we need to be telling the world, judge us Christians by Jesus, uh, not to judge Jesus by us Christians. And I think that's, um, that's sadly important, but also encouragingly important, uh, especially at a time like this. There'll certainly be those who will have a finger pointing, uh, waggling the finger and uh, and using those sorts of accusations of hypocrisy and a reminder that we all fall short of the glory of God. But there's those who won't necessarily be waving a finger of hypocrisy, but they'll be affected. People who have loved the teaching of Ravi Zacharias over many years, responding with grief or confusion or disillusionment. Some will be angry about uh, these sorts of allegations being proven to be true. What are your thoughts for those who've been followers of the ministry moving forward, how they might process these sorts of things, Max? Yeah, and I, I really do. I really do feel for people in, in those categories that you just outlined, Neil, uh, and my, my hearts are with them and, uh, and our prayers are, are with all of them as well. Um, just a couple of things to say, I guess. The first thing, just in the context of those who have been directly affected by the misconduct, as I've already said, they are primary uh, in our thoughts and prayers. And um, my prayer and um, expectation is that they will be primary in whatever uh, happens as, as the final report is released and steps that are taken. But what that shows is that we all fall short of the glory of God. We, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Um, all sin disconnects us uh, from God. So that's all true. But we have to be very careful with that because um, all sin is not equal in its consequence, uh, in its gravity, 
uh, in its significance and, and, as you've correctly said, in its impact on other people's lives. And so we, we are called to love God, but we're also called to love one another. And that kind of horizontal category of relationship, I think, is uh, something that we, we can't forget. So that's that's the first thing. But more more to the direct point of what um, what you're actually asking, I my, my encouragement would be um, to people who have benefited um, from the ministry or who have drawn closer to Jesus and the gospel through it or who have found confidence in it, um, that all of those things still hold the the propositional and relational truth and power of the message of Jesus Christ uh, and what he offered and what he continues to offers, offer to each of us uh, remains in place. That remains completely and 100% true. And to the degree that your faith might have been bolstered or strengthened or even found um, through anyone, uh, a ministry, a speaker, an author, whatever it might be, uh, it was all for the purpose of bringing you into relationship with Jesus or into deeper relationship with him. And so I just encourage people to, to focus on that and to remember that it was it was Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ who died on a cross for us. Uh, no one else did that. Um, the rest of us, you know, who are in in the field of evangelism, pastoral ministry, apologetics, whatever, whatever it might be, um, we are, if we're doing our job well, we should be humbly pointing um, to Jesus and basically nothing else. Um, we should just be pointing to Jesus. And obviously... Uh, that can go wrong because of the brokenness of the world and the brokenness of, of people. But uh, I just really want to encourage people that um, their search for truth, their relationship with Jesus, uh, their exploration of faith um, should not be impacted one way or another, um, even though the sad emotional reality is that this will be a devastating time for a lot of people. I, I fully understand that. I, I know it's not a conclusive answer, Neil. I hope that's helpful, though. It gives us some things to think about as we go forward. Well, it does certainly affirm that there is uncertain times ahead for all of those who've been a part of the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, and I guess that includes you too, Max. But how do you see the possibilities for the future moving forward? I mean, in light of the fact that the final report's not yet released. Yeah, look, the I mean, the, the honest truth is that um, we just are not entirely sure of what what the Lord has going forward, and so um, this ministry, uh, as all ministries, remains in God's hands um, for Him to do whatever He wants with. Um, so we we remain. First of all, obviously, prayerful for victims. Um, secondly, we, we are prayerful for uh, the, and we appreciate prayer for this, especially uh, for those on our international board and in our senior leadership, um, for, for wisdom and discernment to, to do what is right biblically and model Christ and honour the gospel, um, even in a terrible and horrible situation. And once that has all happened, um, should the Lord choose to bring something out of all of this, um, which is obviously entirely uh, in his hands and within his prerogative, uh, then um, I would like to think um, that it would be possible uh, going forward for um, something to come forward. But I, I, I think the more important point is that um, apologetics-driven evangelism and the importance of responding to the questions of culture um, with the power and the credibility and the substance of the gospel in a gracious and loving way, I think the most important thing is that those things continue to happen um, in churches, uh, in individual friendships and relationships in the body of Christ, uh, in people in their workplaces as they reach out, and yes, to the degree that the Lord wills it, in organized, structured ministries uh, as well. 
but we we remain in the Lord's hands. And I think, uh, as I'm sure you would you would know, Neil, um, at times like this, I'm sure everyone's been through um, uncertainty and difficulty. It, it makes it much more clearer um, that we are uh, at the at the Lord's throne and in His hands about what comes next. Well, Max, God has a certain way of creating a silver lining around a very dark cloud. And uh, we can describe what's happened as a very dark cloud and we'll be expectant of some good things for the future for all of those leaders who've been associated with Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. I really hear your heart when you say that victims of this sexual misconduct over many years are really at the forefront. I know listeners will be almost proud to hear that there is a good way of focusing on those who have been hurt. I know that while there will be some who are angry, others will be saying this is a point of prayer. Uh, God will do some good things in what has happened in all of this distress and all of this sadness that has gone on with these developments. But Max, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us. I'll point our listeners to the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries website, rzim.org where you'll be able to read the board's statement and where, no doubt, when that final report is released, that's where you'll see it first. Uh, Max Jaganathan is the Asia-Pacific Regional Director of RZIM. Max, thanks so much for taking some time to give us an update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.